We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hi, I'm Juliet, and welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is Leaving Church Finding Faith Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and the primary focus for this podcast. You can find both books and how to contact me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. And I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about faith and life and how those two things intersect. Because if you are at all like me, they always, always intersect. Welcome back, friends. I've been thinking about a cute name for you listeners out there. I've been, I've been talking to you through at least uh, 23. This is the 23rd of these episodes, and it has been a journey for me and for you. So I may be trying out a few of those cute names uh, throughout this little conversation today. A few episodes ago, I shared that my Christmas tree was still up and it was February. What? Anybody who knows me, this is just simply unheard of. Regimented was me. Regimented is me. Stuck in a particularly organized way of doing things, especially when it comes to matters of faith, more specifically matters of church. I was, I was raised in organized church. I came to adulthood in organized church. I left organized church for big, important to me reasons, not once, but twice. And I write about that in that, that particular journey in the book. The second time of leaving was, as they say, the charm as that second time had or maybe rather has some staying power. Even though I have reconciled my faith walk as being one outside of any organized structure, I am probably a lifetime member of the Universal Grace Church. That does not exist, people. That's my name that I just made up right now. Where only love for all is practiced and preached. Where the the four-letter word of love is so big and so expansive that the that the practice of it has no boundaries. Just as Jesus cared for all who sought him out during his earthly ministry, just as he gave all of himself to those in need, so it is that we who walk in his way do likewise. Although I left the organized structure, one of the things that I took with me was the organization of time. That is the Christian year. So me, churchy girl, is still, well, a churchy girl. A churchy girl in my language, how I speak, in my orientation, how I understand and 
interact with the world and yes, occasionally how I mark time. So at the time of this podcast, we are in the season of Lent. And yes, my Christmas tree is now down and stored away because we cannot have overlapping Christian ritual seasons in my house, apparently. So I also retain deep in my psyche ritual. Granted, they are personalized ritual, but it would still be recognizable by those still a part of the organized Christian church. One organized ritual ritual that I long ago personalized is prayer. Years, years and years ago, I began a personal practice of daily prayer. There was a period of years during which I would crawl out of bed at 5 a.m. every weekday just to have a quiet and uninterrupted period of devotional reading and prayer. And I am not and never have been a morning person people. So this was a powerful pull to a private and personal devotional time. My devotional reading could be topical, a topical Christian book, or more likely than not, it was one of my many cover-to-cover read-throughs of the Bible. Prayer involved my daily Dear Gracious God letters. I have more than a few journals of Gracious God letters. My my Gigi journals, I've, I've started calling them. I journaled my prayers because I carved out this specific time in my house, in my home, because I needed the privacy and I didn't want to wake anyone up. It was the quiet that allowed me to focus my energy. I'm, I'm thinking now, too, it was something about putting pen to paper that helped also to focus my energy. But that personal ritual, that devotional practice of study and prayer was the glue that helped me navigate through some interesting and troubling times, some difficult moments, some some challenging time periods of my life. And you should know that the only thing moving in my house now at 5 a.m. is the coffee maker doing that thing that it's scheduled to do, which is brew some java for, for us when we finally do rise. That's probably a holdover from that very dedicated, more ritualized time. At some point, I stopped my GG letters, not because I stopped praying, mind you, but because it had become rote. It was a habit that had long outlived its usefulness. And I realized that I was going through the motions. I was saying the same words. I was entreating for the same grace, not really seeking or expecting a new revelation for the waves and rhythms of life. And though I stopped that particular ritual, I was steeped in church, surrounded by the church and study and the Bible. And there was no piece of my life that was untouched by God, which was in and of itself a bit of a revelation. So how did I interact with the rest of the world when I wasn't studying in seminary or serving in a church 
role or rising at 5 a.m. every day to have my personal prayer practice pretty much the same as I did before. I, I slowly became less ritualistic about my devotional practice, and I picked up some interestingly odd habits, new rituals maybe. Instead of the Gigi letters, I do the Gigi spark in the moment type prayers. Those, those can happen in the car as I'm, as I'm wandering through the grocery store, as I pass people on the street, when I pass motor vehicle accidents, if ambulances go screaming past my vehicle. I also seem to pay more attention to faces now. Not sure that I wasn't doing it before, but it seems like it's more now. Maybe I have to work harder at it now. And it doesn't matter that most faces I see these days are half covered by a mask. A mask. It could be my empathic nature, could be my social worker training, could be the manifestation of one of my ritual devotional prayers, which was to see with God's eyes rather than my own. It is distressingly difficult for me to get angry with people. Human beings are frustrating. We can also give off an astonishing amount of information through facial expressions and body language. A week or so ago, I asked one of my team to come see me. Just like most companies, we are all minimizing in-person meetings. Zoom fatigue, anyone? So yeah, we, we communicate via phone and text and Teams and Messenger. Oh my. But on this particular day, something, something in his voice, I asked my staff person to come see me. And so he walks in. First thing he asks is, you needed to see my face, huh? And I I say, yes, yes, I did. Because if I really want to know how people are doing, especially those whom I serve or those I lead, I need to actually see their face from time to time. I don't know, maybe it's my particular set of innate skills, which it could be, but I I don't think that skill set would have been honed to the degree that it is had I not deliberately sought it, or at least been open to a deeper expression of it. I don't think I'm unusual given the amount of thoughts and prayers that we extend across all the socials. To be human is to live with both joy and despair. We can celebrate with each other, even people we don't know very well. We smile at the engagement announcements, the the new baby announcements, we collectively celebrate birthdays and other milestones of life. And likewise, when people are sick, they're ailing, or when they mourn, we extend our get well soons or our heartfelt condolences, our our thoughts and prayers when tragedy hits. It is this our human care for each other, close by or distant. And yes, there are those who reject that care out of their own pain, out of their own 
distrust out of their own worldview, they reject that care and concern. It doesn't change the fact that they are human. It doesn't change the fact that they hurt. Remember, Jesus didn't extend himself to everyone. He he didn't feed everyone. He didn't extend his special kind of healing miracles and magic to everyone during his earthly ministry. There are always things to learn and to discern when one studies the life of Christ. And still, we only know a small part of the story. I, the rest of the story, I think, has to be lived out through each of us. For it is our human work on earth to care for one another as best we can. Sometimes that's close up. Sometimes it's from a distance. Only you will know which thing is possible. Start paying attention to those around you fellow and sister faith walkers, be mindful of those things you say or do by rote. If you extend thoughts and prayers, what are your thoughts for that individual? What are you praying for on their behalf? There is ritual and then there is real. Being real means not being on automatic pilot. By the way, there are lots of ways to pray. Anne Lamott says there are three essential prayers, help, wow, and thanks. And that's actually the title of one of her books. As people on the faith way, in church or not, we have a responsibility to each other by our own individual actions to make the world better. I'm not talking about grand gestures. I'm talking about each one of us seeing the humanity right in front of us, not just looking, but seeing, not necessarily to solve or fix. Sometimes just your attentive presence that says, hello, I see you. And maybe that's all. Maybe, just maybe, as you walk past, as you drive past, ask blessings upon that person. It is your intention that activates the energy that you send. That's a prayer. Words were and are unnecessary. It only matters that you do it and that you do it with a positive intent. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.